Welcome to the Fantasy Formula Podcast. We have a full trio of hosts today. They're your hosts, Kyle Gullett, Connor Murray, Riley Crum, and I am the large lad, Clay Smith. We'll take it on down to them right now. What's up? I'm glad that we're all finally here. Been gone for so long. First one with all of us. This is our, what, third podcast now? Two yeah, with two the, people? Well, this is the third one we recorded. We did two. One with me and you, Riley, and one with me and Connor. And then we're all together oh. today. I finally lifted the restraining order on Riley, and now we're here. <laughs> Even though a... we're still very far away from each other. Yeah, 12 hours drive, three-hour flight. Pretty, pretty far. That was a very big restraining order. <laughs> very large. He had to move 12 hours away. Very large. But we can still talk. Unfortunately. <laughs> Just kidding. So, Riley, what do we got today? Well, we got top 25 players today, which is super, super exciting. But this isn't just top 25 players and in, in, um, in what we think they're going to end up in the end of the season. It's how you should be drafting, how we will be drafting these top 25 players. It's what separates them for us, which is, I think, Probably the most important thing to do before draft is make sure that you either have one of these lists made yourself or have someone else's list pulled up that you can scrutinize and look at during the drafts. I think this is the of utmost importance. And something we covered in our draft strategy episode, Riley, uh, we talked about our tier-based rankings. These aren't in tiers. We're just going uh, one, two, three, four, all the way through. But uh, when we do draft, we use tiers uh, to kind of separate. So keep that in mind as we go through these. Uh, Clay, you got anything for us to get us caught up to speed? Well, by now our viewers understand how the show goes. We start with the question of the day. That's the beginning. Second best part of the show, in my opinion. It's a serious question. So, here it is. As we know, there were quite a few players last year that either missed a big chunk of the season for injury or the whole season. So, in your opinions, hosts, which player will have the biggest impact coming back from injury? Now, Connor, since you've uh, eluded me for so long, how about you get started so I can hear that sweet voice? So we're going to uh, start a player who I think is an absolute burner. I think that if he can come back and get a full, I think that he's going to set some records. Maybe not the not the most yards in a season, but dude could probably go for most touchdowns in a season. Will Fuller uh, from the Texans. I think this kid is a beast. <laughs> Um, the past two seasons, uh, every game he's had um, with Deshaun Watson, which has been 11 games, he's had 45 catches, 782 yards, and 11 touchdowns. It's a touchdown a game for Will Fuller. This kid is a huge deep threat, and he's so quick. Uh, that's, yeah, I, he's my guy. Yeah, so one of the things like everyone, a lot of people don't like to take second, uh, second option wide receivers, but not only is is Will Fuller not really a second option, he he isn't he is like a pass catching back. He is like the uh, the 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 one two punch with with running backs. You have the pass catching back and you have the the main line rusher. He is the one two punch because DeAndre Hopkins averages one of the worst yards after catch every single year, and that is like Will Fuller's Will Fuller's bread and butter is catching the ball yeah. and running a 60-yard touchdown. So it's mm-hmm. it's just it's perfect for, for DeAndre Hopkins. So I don't see any cons with DeAndre Hopkins being in front of him. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Fuller this year as well. He's higher in my rankings than a lot of other people I've seen. But there are definitely still some concerns with him, you know. 
the touchdown percentage for him uh, has has been really high, and a lot of people wonder if it can keep going. He has been hurt a lot. I mean, this is a comeback from injury, a question. So it's valid, but he's missed 15 games in the last two years. He's, he's only played about half of the games in the last two years, and, you know, there's concern of whether he can play a full season. All right, Kyle, what about you? So I went with uh, the by far the most boring pick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's he's – one of the best values, I think, in the draft right now. He's been completely overlooked, I feel like. I don't see any people talking about him. He's outside the top 12 at his position in the rankings. And that's Delaney Walker. You know, he's he was one of those guys uh, for the past, you know, four years where you get past that elite tier of tight ends, and he's he's always been, like, right at the edge of it. He's been top 10 every year. He's been very good, very consistent. Even on, you know, a team with Marks Mariota, who's been pretty inconsistent, he's always been <laughs> consistent himself. Uh, and, in fact, over the past four seasons, his averages are 74 catches, just under 900 yards, and five touchdowns per season. If you can get that out of a tight end this season, you're probably going to get a guy who's around, you know, six or seven. Like, he's going to be a great value this year. Yeah, you might get I, the I last, really like him. Yeah, you might get the, the last um, tight end that you can sit and forget. It's possible, you know, because the past, past three and four this year, it's hard to to see any tight ends being a set and forget it. But Delaney Walker could be that, and that right there in itself is impressive. Yeah, and, and right now he's going as the twelfth tight end off of the board in drafts, and in the eleventh round, if you can get a guy in the eleventh round that you can start every every week at tight end, I mean, that's just a great value. Yeah, I've been targeting Greg Olson a lot at the end of drafts, but maybe Delaney Walker could take that mantle and be a better option if he's then. Um, I think that, honestly, my player is the least flashy of the three, and not in the way that he's he's the best of the three and the most usable. However, it's the easiest to call. I just think Devonta Freeman is just a monster. I know you love him, Kyle. You always have, but... He averaged, he's averaged 15.3 rushing attempts per game since his breakout in 2015, and it's not like that stopped last year. Um, the only thing you can hold against him is that he's injury-prone. But they got rid of Tevin Coleman. He's going to be the only option. And I'm not the type of guy to hold injuries against a player unless it's so bad that he's spending more time off the field than he is on the field. You know, middle of his career, Alshon Jeffrey or something, that was hard. But... For Devonta Freeman, I don't. I'm not going to hold that against him just yet. He's he's too good, and I know I know that you love him, Kyle. I know that Connor uh, kind of is holding the injuries against him a lot sometimes. But I mean, it's not even that he was missing games before last year. He missed three games in his first four seasons combined. Yeah, and then last right, year, right, he right, right. Last two, and he's still 27 years old. Right. Um. I what just scares me about him is the you know, too many of those blows to the head. Mm-hmm. That's that's what does it. I get well. I guess that is an injury in itself, yeah. But it, it's the concussions that the the headshots that he's taken because he's a he's a low runner and he always runs with that head down, you know. And he's forced to be a low runner because he's very short, very small, big, isn't he? <laughs> he? He can't run tall because he's not tall. <laughs> that is why he scares. Me. <laughs> that, that's fair. That, that's the only injury. I mean, not the only injury, but that's that's one of the injuries that you can really pick out and say this has caused a lot of problems and. It, it will be tough for him to have a longer career with the concussion history, but 
for the short term future, I, I love him. Yeah, for redraft leagues, he's he's always if I can somehow get a hold of him as RB two, it's ridiculous. You know, yeah, that's it's like, crazy. It's wild. Anyways, uh, I think we should probably get started, so we're not holding everybody here all day long. Let's go ahead with the number one overall player in our top uh, twenty-five yeah, ranking. You guys talk about number one because he's number one for you, but he's number two for me. Yeah, because yeah. you're, you're insane. <laughs> Uh, Saquon Barkley, I think this is like consensus number one everywhere. Um, he's just, in my opinion, watching him play, and I come from a, a standpoint, I know me and Kyle differ on this. Kyle's a statistical guy. I'm more of just a talent guy. I think talent will win out in the end, and I, I believe in that. And, and that not just talking about Saquon Barkley, but I think he's the most talented player in the NFL. I think that there's just a big gap where – Taking away the fact that he's the number one, two, three, and four option on his team right now, he is the most talented player in the NFL in my eyes. And I think no matter what, he's going to be an unbelievable running back. And even though you're taking away Odell and it's going to, you're taking away that deep threat, and it's going to be hard for him. Um, I still, I think eight eight people in the box is still not enough. I think that he's going to have two thousand all-purpose yards this year. Um, Definitely over ten touchdowns. Just I just don't see any way of stopping him. Uh, yeah, I think he's the best running back in the league as well. I just, agree. I, I think that we we harped on this a lot last year. Is that generational talent that mm-hmm. you don't that you don't see very often? And he came in last year as a rookie and put up numbers that were just absolutely ludicrous. So bonkers. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 with Riley. Uh, number one. Well, we'll we'll talk about my number one in a minute. Let's go on to number two. He's your, also, number, your number one still not being named for a reason. <laughs> well, he's this guy's. He's your number two as well. He's he's my number three. So you know. Yeah, because being Connor are unified on the fact that this is the correct first two, like <laughs> followers. This is just no, no, no. This is just a thing. Connor, can you give us number two? Uh, number two, Alvin Kamara, Orleans Saints. I have an episode with Kai, the human video game. He is absolutely ridiculous to watch and he is gonna i think he's gonna get he could do, he could go for 2000 also you know all purpose for sure and this is this is hard i think there's a reason that he's number two for me and connor and not for kyle because statistically he is an outlier because he is this, the second most talented player in the nfl i believe and he doesn't get the opportunity that that Kyle's number one gets every game, but it doesn't matter. He makes more of every touch than any player. And it's just that right there looks I look at I look at Alvin Kamara and I just see this pure talent and every time he gets the ball it could be a touch. Yeah, I mean these are two of the best players in the NFL. It's just Kamara is never gonna be a guy to get two hundred eighty carries, two hundred and fifty carries. He's gonna he's gonna be around that two hundred carry mark. He's gonna get catch 70 80 passes and he's going to do amazing stuff with those touches he gets but he i don't i just don't think he has the volume to warrant being ranked over saquon or i know i know you like um mark ingram do you think latavius murray is better than mark ingram i do not but i think he's going to occupy the same role so it doesn't matter. He's still going to get the exact same amount of revenue. Uh, yeah, I, I was actually uh, looking at New Orleans projections today that I have, and uh, I have Kamara with eleven rushing touchdowns and Latavius Murray with eight. So it's the exact same roles before. So I think it. last year Kamara had fourteen and Ingram had six, which was a little skewed because of the suspension. But yeah, based 
similar split uh, to what it's been with Marking in the past two seasons, is what I see. I just wanted to bring that up and see what you're... Now, on to my bell of the ball, <laughs> number three. <laughs> he's uh, number three for both of you, and he's number one for me, and that is Ezekiel Elliott. And I, I don't think he's better than Saquon or Kamara, but he's going to get 300 carries. He's going to... I don't... I, his receptions went skyrocketed last year. He caught, uh, I think it was 77 passes last year, which was un- uh, it was out of nowhere. No one expected that. And I, I have that regressing in his projections, but he's on a very good team. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns, and he's going to get the ball every single time they run the ball. No matter what happens, he will get the ball. And you guys are a little more concerned about the holdout than I am uh, and just the overall feelings that he has towards the organization and the organization has towards him but i think it'll i think it'll be fine yeah so so i had him at three and you you mentioned that i had more concern over the suspension but honestly i have very little concern over the suspension i know that everyone talks says this exact same phrase right here but i think it's about time we use it we are splitting hairs like yeah we're definitely splitting hairs like these three players are unbelievable and so any tiny bit of insight I can get, I'm going to use that. So I actually moved Ezekiel Elliott down one spot when I heard about the holdout, and I do not believe it's going to happen. I think that he'll be there week one. I'm not worried about it. But any single bit of information that I can get is going to make me, you know, split the hair differently. And so that's just – it moved him down one spot. But the divide between him and Kamara is little to none, honestly. Yeah, and and that's fair. We we can mention that uh, in terms of our consensus – uh, Zeke and Kamara are both uh, like their average ranking is 2.67 between us three. So they're basically tied. Kamara's higher on both of yours. So that's why we put him at two. But I had him at two. Before, uh, when the day started today, I had him at two. And then I heard the information. And like I just wanted to mention, I'm not scared. I'm not scared yeah, at no. all. Just these just top guys. Splitting. If there's any actual concern, we'll talk about it. Let's and go finally, we agree. <laughs> finally, we <laughs> agree. Actually, he's the only player we agree on in the whole top 25. He's the only one <laughs> that is unanimous, and that is number four, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, Big I mean, dog. everyone dog. has these top four running backs in their own tier above everyone else, and for good reason. We completely agree. These guys are on another level. And Christian McCaffrey is, is unbelievable. He is an unbelievable culmination of skill and opportunity. Because mm-hmm. he is their pass catching back and he is their rusher. He is the one two that Alvin Kamara wishes he could be in his offense. Uh, he gets he gets both of those, and he's really freaking good. Like he's amazing. He's an unbelievably talented player. I, I don't think he's as good as Kamara, but again, that is splitting some, some really tiny hairs. That's it's crazy because Christian McCaffrey is a monster. I know Clay Smith. Is- and I think I think the biggest difference between McCaffrey and Kamara because they're similar in a lot of respects is just touchdown work. Because Kamara's, he's going to, in my opinion, be a lock for double-digit rushing touchdowns, uh, you know, four or five receiving touchdowns. And it's just going to be harder for McCaffrey to get those get those rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's see. Who's that put us at number five? Move on to number five. Another running back. David Johnson. Love David Johnson this year. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> whole offense is completely changed now that he's there. 
uh, not that he's there now that the new coach is there. It's all going to be completely different. Um, last year, he was a disappointment. He was a terrible. He was awful. He was disgusting. He was a number 11, wasn't he? Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone was so mad last year that they had him. But, no, you really weren't. I mean, you shouldn't have been. He was still no. a top, top, you know, one-tier He was an RB1. And people were mad because he was an RB1. That's some pretty high expectations he set for himself. It's Yeah, it's it's a, I can see it though cuz he just come off came off of a um bonkers as Kyle would say and <laughs> yeah. um, and then so you have those expectations for it, and then he comes I mean, in and um puts numbers outside of the top uh, one outside of the top 10 <laughs> also not bad but um, uh, yeah yeah you talked about just had their hopes up for for a different guy yeah. you know yeah that's true i mean yeah you mentioned earlier uh how Saquon Kamara are posted with that 2,000 total yard mark. That's exactly yeah. what David Johnson did in 2016. Yeah. He had over 2,000 yeah. yeah. yards from scrimmage. Uh, he had 20 touchdowns, I believe. <laughs> it was just an insane season, and people were expecting him to be put up similar numbers last year, and it just didn't happen. He only put up 1,400 yards. But I can 10, see 10 it. touchdowns. I can see it happen again. It's not yeah, like and I'm, I'm really starting to like the way that offense is, is looking for the season. So I feel I feel very confident about David Johnson here. The only knock I have on David Johnson is that he is actually not falling in the average draft position as much as I would have liked. Like after last yeah. season, I thought you no know, people are going to be disappointed. They're not going. They're going to be mad. They're going to be upset about it, and they're not going to draft him as high. And they're smarter than that. They still know how good he is. So he, that's honestly, I would have had him battling with Christian McCaffrey. And maybe even higher than that. And instead, I have him at number six, and I'm the only one that has him one down a spot. And that's only because he's not being he's being drafted higher than what I would like. And, yeah. and this is going off where I would like to draft people with Quill. When this offseason started, I thought you were going to have him at number one. I almost did, and then because I love him, I think that he's an unbelievably talented player, and he could really yeah. do some great things in this offense. But there's just there's just too much talent above him. And he's not being drafted as low as I wanted. I would have loved to have got him at like you know, end of the la- the first round, maybe beginning of the second, because I thought really people were going to be down on him. But people are smarter than that; that they didn't fall for that trap. I think a lot of it was because their offense is getting hyped up so much. That's true. That's fair. But uh, I mean, I-, I think there's a reason it's getting hyped up so much. They're going to run a lot of plays. He's going to get a lot of touches, and I think they're going to be all right offensively. Put up some yards at least. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so number six is our first wide receiver, and he is the player that you had above David Johnson, mm-hmm. Riley. So if you're at the number five slot, you're taking Hopkins over Johnson? Yes, and it's hard, super hard, because I'm a running back all day kind of guy. But when I'm in this position here, I love that second tier of running backs. I know that, that uh, was it like 12 through 15 running backs. Mm-hmm. I really, really like this year. So I'm banking on the fact that I'm going to grab one of them as my RB1 out in the second round. That's what I'm banking on if I get in the middle of the draft. Because DeAndre Hopkins to me, uh, I know you guys know how much DeAndre Hopkins, but <laughs> yeah, but skill and opportunity coming together and meeting in this perfect unison where DeAndre Hopkins is going to, he's going to have double digit touchdowns and he's going to have over a thousand yards receiving. And, and that's like in the first five or six games, he's already pushing for those stats. That's ridiculous. I think he's definitely the best receiver in the NFL and not, I don't want to say by a wide margin, but for his, including that he gets almost no yards after reception. It's pretty amazing. 
good as he is. And his hands are just generationally unbelievable. And talent-wise, I just I see no comparison. He, he's my number one receiver and the only guy that I'm willing to push up that one. I wish there was uh, a, 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 um, a music drop we could play that was just love for the <laughs> that Riley has for Andre Hopkins. It's so but, deep but, and it's but, so but strong. Every, but, but everything you said, I, I don't dis- – he's very – he is the best wide receiver in the league. Yeah, we, you know, we've got him here for a reason. So if you've, you're in that spot, you're in that um, – you're right in the middle of the, the first round, I, you're not going to go wrong with DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, because this is, this is about the spot every year that Antonio Brown has taken. Yeah. Um, so I just think he's going to take over that mantle. I, I think that's him now. And he's entering the prime of his career, which is crazy to say, but like – He's he's not going down anytime soon. I think he's 27 right now, so I don't see him dropping off a cliff for another few years. So even right. in dynasty, this is a safe pick, solid. No, no, you can't go wrong. I completely agree. He's awesome. He's all of our number one wide receiver. So I like to hear that. Um, next <laughs> up on the list is Le'Veon Bell. Is that correct? Yeah. Number we, seven overall, Le'Veon, Le'Veon? Bell. Yeah. I don't he have uh, actually is my number seven overall player. He's my number seven running back. Uh, he's Connor's number eight running back. And where is he on your list? He's my number nine running back. I just have him behind all of the other, uh, that first tier of wide receivers. Mm. You guys don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Le'Veon Bell has been unbelievable in the last few years. A holdout last year. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. He's on a new team, new situation. But he's still going to get a lot of work. He's going to get the ball a lot. He's by far the best player in the offense, and they're going to they're going to feed him. Hopefully, um, I know that uh, you love Kenyon Drake, and I know that a certain coach um, maybe didn't like Kenyon Drake, and I know that a certain coach also said some things about Le'Veon Bell about how he wouldn't have made that deal if he was there. That scares me a little bit. That has something to do with me moving him down. Um, I don't deny his talent. I think he's an unbelievable running back. I think that he has the best mind of any running back. His vision is unbelievable, and his way of seeing holes is bar none the best in the NFL. Like his running style is unique amongst himself, and he's the only person that could do it as good as he could. It's not one of those running styles that anybody could pick up. Like it's just his, and then he, mm-hmm. he will probably be the only running back ever to be able to do it as successfully as he has. That slow motion, patient running style. It's just it's really hard to do. And, of course, it's going to be effective, of course, but he's also leaving the number one offense uh, for fantasy-wise uh, over the last five years. So, And he's going to one of the perennial worst offenses. That also gives him a knock. Odds are he's going to be great, but the risk for me is not high enough for me to be taking him near this spot. Understandable. He's my last running back before uh, I go on a little bit of a wide receiver run in my ranks. Uh, and you just have them after. So it's it's not that, that big of a difference. No. Connor, I know you're a fan. I know you, you were uh, working to acquire him. Yeah, I uh, I went out of my way to get him this offseason because, um, because of who he is and what you were saying with that vision, um, his his style of play. Um, I think is a style of play that is that is going to be – people that are coming up and rookies are going to try to emulate the Le'Veon Bell style of play for, I think, years to come because – the way he does it is just the best. In this offseason, he's been working very hard. Uh, if you follow him on any media, he's been working insanely hard. Came out and said uh, he's not upset about what he did. Uh, now if the Jets are willing to get him 500 touch, he's okay with that because he took that season off and 
he's happy with where he is. So yeah, he uh, he tweeted out a personal apology to all fantasy owners that had him last year. So he's he, he moved up my ranks when he did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And uh, our running back seven overall number eight, uh, maybe a little bit controversial. Some people have him a lot lower than this. Yeah, uh, it's uh, Todd Gurley. Kyle, you want to explain? <laughs> I have some... him. Uh, I have him as my running back nine, uh, but similar to what you said about um, Le'Veon, I just have him below that first group of receivers in my rankings. Yeah, uh, and and it, it all just comes back to that injury and the workload questions. But even if he does get a reduced workload, I still expect him to be great. It's a great offense. He's an amazing player, yeah. and I don't see why you wouldn't be trying to grab him with the low ADP that he has right now. Uh, you know, you can get him in the second round. Let me see. Oh, he he's moved up uh, recently. He's uh, right now. He's at sitting at the two o two spot. So Still you can grab him at that two three or the one two turn. If you can get Todd Gurley as your second running back, or grab another elite guy next to him, it's it's crazy. Something's happened this um this coming into this season that I I've never seen before. I don't think. And maybe if uh, I'll ask it, maybe you could explain it to me. Is that Todd Gurley? has been the number one running back. Uh, he was the number one running back last year, I think. And the season before that, he, he's still a monster. And then going into this season, he drops down to the 202. So I'm not sure what happened there that was that were, um, that were easing off Todd Gurley on. Uh, it just comes back to the uh, degenerative knee issues that have been reported on. I mean, I, I think the, the team came out and said they might be – you know, reducing his work a little, a little bit. They never really it, came out and said it. I think, honestly, it, yeah. it's definitely the arthritis in his knee is the knee issues. However, I think that a lot of the secrecy has hurt him because, mm-hmm. honestly, coming out and saying we're, exactly. we're, we're still feeding him. Exactly. Right. It, it right. could be, like, honestly, it could be fine. And it probably will be fine this season. It's just the secrecy that they're holding it with is – is is weird and it's hard and if i'm in a redraft league i don't mind taking the risk especially in the beginning of the second round if he's my rb2 holy cow i have todd Gurley as my rb2 right but if i'm in a dynasty league i'm not excited about him being on my roster because next season who i'll be sitting at right now honestly in dynasty leagues i wouldn't mind going and trying to trying to grab him on the cheap grab him on the cheap his value uh, it's risen a little bit recently like i mentioned it's low right now. If you grab him and he has a great season this year, you can sell him for the world next offseason. That's fair. It's definitely a risk, but in Dynasty, um, risks are what winning you championships. So uh, I don't think people look at it that way enough. I think in Dynasty, people tend to take it too safe. I know that's not how Connor plays, and there's a reason Connor finishes top three every year, is yeah. because <laughs> he takes wild risks every year, and that championship's coming, Connor. I believe <laughs> it's just every season Connor's team looks completely different, and he he takes those risks. I know a lot of people just kind of sit on the roster and they're like, "I don't want to mess up," and then regret it. I did that for my few seasons, and I was the mm-hmm. worst team in the league until I decided to just start taking risks. And it, not only is it more enjoyable, which is the most important thing in fake football, but also you're better you're you're much better if you just start taking these risks and like you said todd Gurley might be a risk that some people are, are willing to take yeah so if I love, you, so I love if you can get todd Gurley. <laughs> yeah not I, a running not a bad running back two to have i, I think there's a good no. chance that next year we're looking back and saying why did we ever doubt todd Gurley? it's yeah, definitely a possibility I agree. 
so yeah, that's uh, Todd Gurley. He's our number eight overall, running back seven. And number nine, a wide receiver two. This is uh, where the wide receivers start to filter in at a little higher rate. And our wide receiver two is Devontae Adams. This is another one for me. Devontae Adams, was he always just kind of hung around this top tier, just poking in. And now this season, just boom, wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. And, for, and for me, this is a, a case of, yeah, he's got the talent, but this is more huge opportunity mm-hmm. over that very good talent mm-hmm. for me. That's that's why Devontae Adams is our Yeah, he's, he's going to catch every touchdown possible. He's going to most likely lead the league in receiving touchdowns. He's going to get 150, 160 targets, and he's playing with uh, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, so hard to beat that. Yeah, uh, but he's 6'1", which is not short for receiver, but it's average, you'd say, probably, and he's the best touchdown receiver in the NFL. It's just it's weird. It's cool. I, I love it, and I don't doubt it. I'm not saying that he's going to regress because when you watch him play, it's special. Like it's just what he, he does. His ability to get open in the end zone is amazing. It's it's really 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 fun to watch. Because um, I know Mike Evans, he's an unbelievable um, touchdown receiver, but you don't. It's not as enjoyable to watch. He usually just jumps over people because he's six five, and that's just what he does. But Devonte Adams' ability to create space in short short yards is magical. It's really, really incredible, and he definitely deserves to have this spot here for playing for the team that he does, the opportunity he does, and the skill he has. It's just this is a perfect spot for him. It's hard for me to say that I'm willing to take a receiver over a running back in the first round. I know I said I would do that with DeAndre Hopkins, but it's hard. But for Devontae Adams, too, it's it's a lot easier for a pill for me to swallow because it's near the end of the first round. Um, and so that means that if I'm taking him, then that means I'm getting a running back in like two picks. So yeah. I feel super cool about that. I love taking receivers here because that means I'm getting a running back in like two bigger. And I love that. Just uh, a look back at his last three seasons, 121 targets, 12 touchdowns, 117 targets, 10 touchdowns, 169 targets last season and 13 touchdowns. And last season was one of Aaron Rodgers worst seasons in terms of touchdown percentage. So if he goes back to his career average in touchdown percentages, Devontae Adams might finish with 16, 18 touchdowns. Yeah, and I wouldn't feel weird about that at all. I'm not, like right now I can say that and not feel bad at all about it. Like he could for sure do that. And if he does that, he'll, he'll be the wide receiver one. Yep, yep. My love for DeAndre Hopkins cannot deny that. <laughs> I mean, I have them in the same tier as a few other guys below them, but I, those two are the most solid as my one and two. Mm-hmm. There, there's there's still a gap between those two and the, and the other guys in this list. So um, next up is someone who I tried to force in above the, the last receiver, and I couldn't successfully do it. be Michael Thomas. <laughs> I had him ahead of Devontae Adams one spot. Of all of the, the jokes I made at the beginning of splitting hairs, this one is the closest one for me because mm-hmm. Michael Thomas is so safe. They're so consistent. I don't think there's one bad thing you can say about it because Devontae Adams, you can say that, you know, he's playing for one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Guess what? Michael Thomas is also playing for one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. And, the, and honestly, probably not probably it is. It's a better offense. Michael Thomas plays for a better offense than Devontae Adams. The quarterback may be, I don't want to say he's worse because I would hate to say that Drew Brees is worse than any, any quarterback. <laughs> like, it's hard to say, like, oh, Drew Brees is not it. as good as Aaron Rodgers. Like, okay, sure, it may be true, but, like, by how much? Are you sad that Drew Brees is his quarterback? No, it's the greatest thing. Like, he's an unbelievable quarterback, and 
Michael Thomas has an unbelievable opportunity every single year as the number one receiver because he's really freaking talented. Another receiver that Connor Murray has had on his team. How many of these players has Connor had on his team? This is crazy now that I'm going through it. Thinking Connor about has it. all the best. Uh, he's traded half players. of them away. Like this is <laughs> um, uh, three, four. I've had four of the top ten. <laughs> traded Michael Thomas. No, not Michael Thomas. Devonta Adams to Kyle actually. So uh, traded made... Alvin Kamara for Michael Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a while ago though. Yeah, that was the beginning. You had no clue. Yeah, and I have the next guy. Number uh, running back number eleven play on the ranking Joe Mixon. Yeah. I had Joe skip Mixon. This one if we want, we've all had Joe Mixon. Can we just skip? <laughs> <this one? laughs> the most heartbreaking player that we've named so far. I'm the highest on him by far because he's a monster. I have him running back six, number seven overall for me. Yeah, I'm above Todd Gurley, above uh, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, so I think you should probably explain because he's the best, and <laughs> I. <laughs> Traded him. He's the sixth best. Little to nothing. I traded him to Connor last year, end of the season, and I can't explain myself on it. Uh, (laughs) I I got Sony Michelle and Darius Geist in return. You love Geist, though. I did love. I did. I did love Geist. Did. And then I thought, you know, guess what? Because last year I had him penciled in as a top, uh, I think I had him as a top 12 running back going into this. I love Darius guys. And then he tore his ACL, of course, in the preseason. And I mm-hmm. thought, no big deal. It's the preseason. He'll be fine next year. So I traded for him. I was like, great. I'll have a top 12 running back going into year. No. Freaking has a uh, infection in his knee, has to have a second surgery. Then he, then he hurts his hamstring. And now we're unsure if he's even going to play at the beginning of the season. And he probably will, but who knows at what level. Then they draft Bryce Love. And then they extend Adrian Peterson. Like, this is, this is the worst-case scenario. It can't well, get Okay, let's just – we're talking about Joe Mixon. <laughs> I didn't expect to talk <laughs> about Darius, guys. I, I said we should skip it. You guys talk about Joe Mixon. Anybody, anybody, anybody. Um, Calm down. Joe okay. Mixon at uh, 11 – Joe Mixon, I'm just going to say that his um, his receptions for me got a lot better, and that's what we don't wanting to go out to get him. Sorry, Riley, um, <laughs> was that his receptions? I was just seeing them like gradually increase. Even now in the preseason, just hammering him with passes and all the uh, highlights of him in the season. They've been mostly uh, passes so far. So I'm 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 a big Joe Mixon guy. But you, Kyle? Uh, I mean, yeah, you have him as your running back ten. I have him as running back eight. Uh, and Joe Mixon is a great talent. He's one of the most talented running backs in the league. But there is a little bit of concern with the situation just because his offensive line is really depleted at this point. They've had, I believe, had someone retire. They've had a couple injuries. They're running real thin in the, at the offensive line. And uh, I just hope that he can overcome that. And I think he's good enough to. But it, it did just move him a little bit below some of these wide receivers in my yeah. rankings because of those concerns. And, and and before we move on to the uh, number twelve guy, I wanted we didn't say anything about uh, Michael Thomas being on a holdout. However, it just came out in the you know Pro Football Talk and ESPN that the Saints and Michael Thomas are believed to be closing in on it. So there is that. There there didn't seem to be as uh, as many ill feelings as there might be in Dallas. He, he hasn't. Yeah, he didn't come out and say anything too wild. He he. Yeah. He, Every, both parties said that they were close to a deal. The Ezekiel Elliott one's much different. We don't have to get into that, but it's there. And the Melvin Gordon one, way different than this. 
Yeah, and, uh, definitely. And we, and we can hop back around Drixen so Riley doesn't get angry again and go to number 12. All right, yeah, let's do that. And uh, <laughs> you go to number 12. And to me, this is a guy that he could be number one, and uh, he's going to be number one a few times. Yeah. This, maybe maybe you score 40 points. Who knows? Maybe he goes on a 40-point tear just any time he can. Julio Jones. Uh, can you say his, his real name real quick? Do you remember it? <laughs> no? Quadarius. Quadarius. Quintoris. Quintoris. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm disrespected. Quintoris Lopez Jones. Little known fact that his name is Quintoris Lopez. But I think that that would be much better. If That's what makes his hands so good. If we just called him Quintoris Lopez, I'd be much happier right now. <laughs> and and Kyle, you're the one that you're bringing Julio. Uh, you're bringing him up the rankings, having him uh, in your number ten spot. Uh, uh yeah, definitely. You, where do you guys have him? I'm I'm not too far down. I'm, yeah. I've got him. I've got him at uh, fourteen. Riley, and I have thirteen. He's a guy that could easily be the number one receiver. I talked about how Devontae Adams could score sixteen, eighteen touchdowns, and be number one. Even if he did do that. Julio still might beat him. He might end up with like 1,800 yards. Did he uh, actually come out earlier this offseason and say that he might just go for 3,000? Yes, he did. And this was very recently. <laughs> he was like, I might just mess around and go for 3,000. Hey, might, I, I mean, might as well ride him down for 3,000. You know what would be the great? The man never lies. If he would just mess around and catch seven touchdowns. Like, that would be super <laughs> cool. Hey, he had eight last year. He's like, what, a 6'3 receiver with his hands and speed? Yeah, he has, if you built the perfect wide receiver, he would look like Julio Jones. Now, real quick, tell me why he doesn't average 12 touchdowns a year. What's going on? No one knows. It is a, an, an anomaly that has been there his entire career, and it makes no sense. Do you think he has a phobia? <laughs> he like, hates the end zone. Maybe, no, what if it's like he he hates the, like, uh, the celebration of a touchdown so much that he's scared that he's going to get with it and then he's going to have to celebrate. And so he's like, nah, I can't do it. He's the one that's talking to Goodell about getting these, these holds on <laughs> celebrations. It's Quintoris Lopez. Like why else would you change your name from Quintoris Lopez to Julio? Because you're scared of the limelight. He doesn't like celebration. He doesn't like flashy names. He just wants to catch 3000 yards and go home, go to sleep. And that's it. That's what he wants to do. Quintoris Lopez. Uh, like Roger, I just want to catch catch touchdowns and go home, please, please, please get these, these celebrations uh, out. But, uh, yeah, he's he's averaged all over his entire career just under 100 receiving yards a game, which is unreal. Over his entire career, his average per season is almost 1600 yards. It's just insane. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he's a little inconsistent, which is is why he's uh, a little bit lower than the top two guys on our list, but. He is one of the best receivers of all time, and he's maybe, probably the the hardest maybe, receiver to defend ever. Maybe, just maybe, Quintoris Lopez comes out to play this year, and we see the generational talent that he is yes. like, actually comes out. That would be super cool. Either way, he's too good, and I don't feel bad about having him where I have him. This is yeah. this is Sorry. the ultimate draft him at the end of the first round, 12 spot, and get a running back in the 13. This is the ultimate. I think he was my pick at the turn last year and i ended up winning my redraft league with him with him and melvin gordon i mean not bad yeah not that's bad to too fun. this is my favorite place to draft i love getting that one too uh yeah so julio jones our number four wide receiver and number 12 overall that Next brings up. us to um 
I, and I honestly want to, I would like Riley to uh, elaborate <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah, Riley, tell us who, who those guys. Love to. So, first things first, I'd like to say my job is complete. I did it. I did it. I'm saving so many people. Everybody that listens to this podcast is going to know now that this player is not who you want to take in the first round. This is this. I tried so hard to get him out of the first round, and I did it. I did it on our rankings. So, James Connor, you don't deserve to be in the first round, and <laughs> you're you're not good at football. He's okay at football. He can hit the hole, and he runs like what? Like I don't know, ten miles an hour tops. Like I could beat him. You know, <laughs> ten miles. Like I mean, he's not very fast, and I just. And that's not all you need in a running back. I know, I know. And he did great last year. Awesome. But he played for the Steelers. They lost Antonio Brown. Say whatever you want. That hurts. And he's just not explosive at all. <laughs> and it's not like I'm not drafting him. I'm just not drafting him in the first round. I think that's insane. Like, opportunity is so, so, so important. I think that his opportunity was downgraded this year with the loss of Antonio Brown. That offense is not going to be as good. Whatever you want to say about Quintoris Lopez and DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Brown is the best receiver in the NFL, and he has been for the last what like eight years. Like he's he's deserved of the number one spot, and he's gone. That you, you don't just okay, whatever. We're just going to start running the ball more. No, that's not how it works. Like there's the holes are not going to be as big anymore. There'll be a seventh man in the box every once in a while. Now they couldn't do that before. Antonio Brown was on the field. You can't now. You can. I don't see James Conner having nearly as good a season, and I'm done with my rant. Um. <laughs> I uh, I think that in some ways you are correct, and in some ways you are wrong. Uh, I'll just say this before I let Kyle go on about it, because Kyle, you have him at number six, and I've got him right right somewhere in a comfortable medium at number nine. But I think where um, last year, another, another thing that's happening this preseason with and this guy instead of uh, Joe Mixon this time, James Conner is also catching passes a mm-hmm. lot more he's more prominent to he's not a bad cast pass catching he will um his best games last season were whenever he was he was just eating with the receiving yards uh, i don't know if you guys remember the catch that didn't count of his that one-handed catch that uh they called back but it was one of the prettiest running back catches i've ever seen kyle i'll let you tell riley why he <laughs> yeah you really really like him uh yeah i do really like him i think he is a very safe pick in the first round i have him Number six overall, my number six running back. Uh, where is he at in your overall ranking, Jolly? Number just, twenty-one. Twenty-one. Okay, just just making sure. Also, uh, thirteen running back, which isn't. So last yeah. season, James Conner played thirteen games, right? Yep. Played thirteen yep. games, and he was the number six overall running back over the entire season. Yep. Over thirteen games, you yep. give him sixteen games of even decreased value, and he's still going to be unbelievable player on your roster he caught 55 passes last year in 13 games one of the cutoffs you always look for in running backs that are going to be elite is 50 receptions he caught 55 in only 13 games yep Le'Veon Bell is always was always a great pass catcher on their offense James Conner isn't as good as Le'Veon Bell but he can fit right into that role he's going to catch passes he had 215 carries in those uh, 13 games I only have him projected for 236 carries, so less carries per game than last year. I only have him for 60 catches, so less catches per game than last year. And he still comes out as my number six running back. So 1,297 yards. You know what that is? What's that? 
That is how many receiving yards they are losing in Antonio Brown. I just – the defensive structure of every team that plays against the Steelers has completely changed now that Antonio Brown is gone. And if Le'Veon Bell was the running back, I'd say it's cool. I'm fine. I'll take him number six overall easy if Le'Veon Bell was the running back for the Steelers. I don't feel comfortable doing that with James Conner. I'm probably not going to have James Conner at all in any leagues because he's taken at number nine overall at ADP right now. And I don't see myself ever reaching for that. You say he's a really safe option, and I guess he is just because of the lack of talent behind him. But this is another instance of talent wins out to me, and I don't see it winning out for too long. I, I don't know how long that he, that he can sustain this in that offense, in, in that unbelievable offense. I mean, the offense has always been good for running backs. Even when Le'Veon Bell was out, they had D'Angelo Williams, who went crazy. And they did have Antonio Brown at that time. But they still have Juju Smith-Schuster, who you have as your number four wide receiver. Yeah. They have Dante Moncrief and James Washington on the outside, who aren't great. They're fast. They're going to be able to go catch some balls. And they have one of the one of the hottest sleeper picks of the season, Vance McDonald, at tight end. I think their offense is going to be fine. I think, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Like their offense and will James be fine. James Conner's going to score touchdowns. He's going to catch passes. And he's going to get a lot of work. Yeah, no, their offense will be fine. It's just not going to be the most fantasy friendly offense that it has been every year. Like, okay, they might drop from one to five, but and that's not that big of a drop. But it is a drop. And James Conner, I just don't see him as being talented enough to sustain what he did from last year. And I'll take it back. He is. He's good, but it's just he's not good enough to still be a top six running back opinion. I just but, don't see I mean, that's where, that's where my whole argument comes from, is he was number six last year uh, in 13 games, and he doesn't even have to be as good as he was last year to be an absolutely running back. He can be 10 20% worse than last year and still give you a great running back one option. I just still don't see myself taking him anywhere. Uh, I mean, I, everything you're saying is true. It's just it's hard for me to quantify – what Antonio Brown's going to do to the offenses now that he's gone, and Big Ben kind of maybe taking a step back, which I am projecting that he's he's not going to be the Big Ben of old. He might not be bad, but he's you know at some point he has to take a step back. And Juju. Oh, so another thing I wanted to mention was that I think one of the two is going to be or James Conner because defenses are going to have to focus on one of them because they don't have a ton of options like Houston and Dante Moncrief are not unbelievable so defenses are going to focus on one of them i believe i'm picking that they're going to focus on james connor and juju's going to reap the benefits of it that's just the way i see it all right well that was our number 13 overall james connor running which back we had a lot to say about apparently. <laughs> <laughs> now on to number 14 another wide receiver wide receiver five one of connor's favorites my actual favorite player to ever touch a football field no, that's a joke. It's Randy Moss. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Odell Beckham is my favorite player in the NFL right now. And uh, the only reason, the only reason I don't have him as the number one, number one wide receiver is because of the big question mark of what if, like what is this season going to be in Cleveland? What's going to happen? Uh, how are him and Baker going to do? What's going to happen with the opposite of each other? That's what's pushed Odell out of the uh, – top three for everyone i believe in the rankings this year that's what has put him that's what has put him 
in in question, and uh, that's what's put him at number fourteen overall, I believe. Mm-hmm. That wide receiver five in our consensus is that what if? Yeah, I I just hate the blasphemy that I have to look at Odell's name behind James Conner. That it's just sad. Doesn't make me feel good in our rankings at I'll all. I'll agree. I'll honestly agree with that. Yeah, that's it. Hurts me a little bit. Odell is amazing. I think this offense is going to be good for him in the long run. It's just another one of those things where, like with Todd Gurley, we're scared because we don't know, and we're scared with Odell because we don't know. Everybody is, and it has nothing to do with skill. It's just scared because we don't know. I think in the long term, this is an upgrade. It's definitely an upgrade, but I just think that it's hard for us to come around to that because if it's definitely an upgrade, which I just said, which apparently I believe in, then why don't I have him higher? It's just because we're scared. It's just because it's it's weird saying that the Browns are going to be good this year. That's weird to say. Sorry, Clay. (laughs) It's just weird coming out of my mouth saying, oh, the Browns are going to be good this year. I know it, even if it's true weird and so it's hard and it's scary for all of us to say but i think he's going to be great i think he's a safe option those hands too too safe i'd feel comfortable and safe in those hands odell is unbelievable he's one of the most talented receivers we've ever seen and i think the biggest thing for me that really solidifies him being up here with the elite wide receivers is uh there's this thing called the deep ball project that you guys should go check out it's uh Stats out all quarterbacks' deep ball throws on the season. And last year, Baker Mayfield was number four in their QB rankings. So where can they find this at? Uh, I'm looking at it right now on brickwallblitz.com. It is awesome. Uh, Yeah, so Baker Mayfield, number four, above Patrick Mahomes. Not bad. That's pretty incredible. Uh, he He was great on deep ball passes. Odell, all of his highlight plays come on those deep passes. That's what everybody sees him doing. I, I think they're going to connect on a lot of those flashy deep ball plays, and he's going to put up some big numbers. I like that one. I don't like the next one. I agree. Uh, yeah. I, it, I, too, feel weird. And then, <laughs> and not even about the extenuating circumstances. Like, it's just to try to detach that as much as possible. It's just weird, the roller coaster of a summer we've had with Tyreek Hill. Yeah. We've gone from – the number one receiver in some aspects. Some people saying this is the number one receiver in the NFL on the number one offense with the number one quarterback, and it's just match made in heaven, perfect. And then we went to, oh, he's undraftable. Don't draft him unless you're like in the fifth round. Back to, oh, if you're at the end of the first, maybe it's worth taking a look at. Like, that's crazy. That 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 jump doesn't happen in our minds very much, and that's hard. It's hard to take. Uh, yeah, no one expected him to get off without any suspension. And uh, we're not like like you said, we're not going to get into the the logistics of what happened. But uh, Tyreek Hill playing sixteen games, he's unbelievable. Yeah, um, we saw the Chiefs uh, cut Kareem Hunt for what he did, and so I don't think that you they hold it against him and lower his numbers any. But it's just weird, you know. It's just an all around weird scenario. I won't feel good about taking him, but I will take him if he's available there. The value's too high. It's just, it's a solid. You know, he's going to be a beast here. You know, he's going to put up massive numbers. Yeah, he'll, so. he'll, he'll win you weeks by himself. Kind of <laughs> like our, kind of like our next guy. <laughs> I'm all in on this one. Number 16, Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, Clay, uh, you still around? I'm always around, buddy. Clay's would always like around. To, would you like to throw in your two cents on Juju? I know that uh, you have a connection. Uh, I think he's real good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think 
I think that's a it's he's a great wide receiver, but I think he benefited from being number two to Antonio Brown. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to see how him being number one for that team. I'm excited to see how that works out. Yeah, I mean, last year he he ran a lot on the inside uh, out of the slot, and Antonio Brown was on the outside. There's a lot of discussion on whether he'll be as successful without Antonio Brown taking all that uh, attention away or if Juju transitions to playing a lot more on the outside. He's not a very explosive player. He's not going to destroy people with his athleticism, but he's a very good receiver. I see it a, um, a little bit different, and this is, I know, something where there's a big point of contention. I don't want to get back into it, but I just want to mention it one last time, that I look at the losing of Antonio Brown as a detriment to one of two players, and I said James Conner and Juju. I said I picked Juju. I picked uh, James Conner to, to lose the most in that because defenses are going to have to key in on one. I just don't see them keying in on Juju as much because I actually do see Juju explosive, maybe not the right word, but he's, he's got the Jets. I mean, he, he's got burners. It's just the cutting ability, maybe not. And so that's why people look at him as, like, easier to guard than Antonio because Antonio was all about agility and getting open. Juju's not. But still, if you have to key in on one player, I pick them to key in on. I pick them to stack the box a little bit more because Steelers love to move the ball on the ground, and that's just going to leave Juju wide open downfield. And that's the way I see it turning out instead of the other way around, like you have it. I still think he's going to have a great season. I think that their offense is going to be good, even with the losing of Antonio Brown. You think it's going to be a bigger factor than I do? But, yeah, I'm just curious to see how they use Juju this year. Last year, like I mentioned, he ran uh, 56.6% of his routes from the slot. Antonio Brown only ran 12 of his from the slot, so he was you know, almost exclusively an outside receiver. There's going to be a lot more focus on the middle of the field where Juju did a lot of his work last year since there's, it's going to be Dante Moncrief and James Washington on the outside. So uh, how Pittsburgh deals with that is going to be inter- interesting to see, but I think he is good enough to do well, and he's going to get a lot of targets. So I think I think he's, he's going to overcome that, and I have him the lowest out of all of us. I have him as my wide receiver eight. Riley, you have him at wide receiver four, and Connor at wide receiver six. That's just because I think his ceiling is a little capped. I think all the guys I have above him have higher ceilings. Uh, but I, I do think he still has a safe floor. I, I know all of the things I talked about with James Conner and how it's going to be hard in this offense, but if I believe in anybody, it's Mike Tomlin to figure it out. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's Juju Smith-Schuster, our number 16. Now on to our first tight end. You know who it is. Yeah, it has to be. There's only one tight end right now. It's Travis inside. Kelsey. It's Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, number 17 overall. We're all in agreement with him. Uh, he's, he's pretty high on all of our... All our rankings, you both have him at 19. I have him at 16. Yeah, he's the best tight end off the board. No, I mean, he's he's a beast. And and I dropped him down a little bit with the uh, the inclusion of uh, Tyreek Hill back into the offense. Mm-hmm. But still, still you can't drop him down too far. You know, like, Zach Ertz is going to be great this year. I love the Eagles offense, but I can't see anyone finishing, any tight end finishing ahead of Travis. He's, he's too big. He's too fast. He's too strong. He's too, his hands are too good. His offense is the number one offense in the NFL, bar none. And, yeah, I just I don't see how this goes poorly. And I am a big, big, big proponent on taking a tight end in the last few rounds every single season. But I don't see myself doing that a lot with if uh, Travis Kelsey is available in the mid to late second round. I'm jumping on it every time. If, if he can fall to me there, I'm, you know, I'm probably going to 
jump for it because that gap at tight end is so big this year. The top three are so far ahead of everybody else this year that mm-hmm. I can just I can see myself doing that. Yeah, he's Some, going at two hundred seven right now, so he's he's right in there mid the second round. Some sometimes with that big gap, like you're saying with the tight ends, that's what can win. And, mm-hmm. uh, especially like an extra twenty points that Travis Kelsey's going to get you because he he goes for thirty one week. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Kelsey, we all thought maybe going into this season, you know, we're not going to have Tyree Kill, so Travis Kelsey would be an absolute animal. So we all had him a bit higher, and then Hill gets announced back, so we adjust. And even so, Kelsey stays number one because he is that good. By far, number one tight end on basically everyone's list, and for good reason. His value is so good when you compare it positionally. The difference between him and the lower tight ends are so much greater than the other positions top in their their lower uh, finishers. Sir? Up next, we are looking at uh, a guy that I have said his name way too many times already, Antonio Brown. Oh, I thought you were going to say Darius Guys. <laughs> <laughs> so one is way too many, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, Antonio Brown, most talented wide receiver in the NFL over the last five years for sure. I don't think anyone in their right mind has said there was a wide receiver worth more the last five years. Every single year in and, in and out, she's just unbelievable. And I wanted to drop him really um, I went into making this rankings list, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to have him really low. With every name I put in, I was like, no, Antonio Brown's better. No, Antonio Brown's better. No, Antonio Brown's better. I just kept moving him up higher, and I just didn't expect myself to do it, but I just kept doing it. I couldn't stop. Part of it's because talent wins out, and he's too good. And I know he's getting older. But the second thing, I'm a believer in John Gruden, which is hard to say after last season. But I am. I am still a believer in John. I believe in Derek Carr. Another kind of weird thing to say. But this is an MVP caliber quarterback at one time. I think they're going to be fine this year. And I think Antonio Brown's going to be good. He's not as safe as he always has been. But with his ADP, I'm fine. I'm, I think it's worth it to shot. There's one thing that you said that I vehemently disagree with. Yes. And that is your Derek. belief in Derek Carr. <laughs> I, I know. Everyone because... disagrees with me on that. But... I think that he's a good quarterback. I think that the offensive line is terrible there, and it was really good when he won, so I get it. Like, that's hard, and I think his depth of pass went down a lot because of that. But Antonio Brown can fix a lot of that by himself. I owned uh, Amari Cooper in our uh, (laughs) Dynasty League for his entire career, so I've watched Derek Carr a lot. I, I just don't trust him. I love Antonio Brown. I still have him as my wide receiver eight. Over the last six years, from 2013 through 2018, his season average, 114 catches, 1,525 yards, and 11.2 touchdowns. Yeah, it's okay. He's fine. And that's with him only playing 15 games. It's okay. I'm, Which, I'm uh, gonna, like, I'll, I'll be the one I, to do it, to jump in and throw the salt. Uh, I just If I could have Anton lower, I would. I have so much disbelief in Derek Carr that I think it's going to destroy Antonio Brown, uh, his his legacy that he's built in um, in Pittsburgh. I think that Big Ben and the chemistry that, that they had together that's that's a big part, and I don't see Derek Carr keeping that keeping those just absolute monstrous games that Antonio Brown would have alive. Well, I mean, the one thing that. Derek Carr has been a fan of over the past few years is giving Amari Cooper 15 targets one game and two the next. So I think those big games are one thing you can count on, but I think there are definitely going to be some 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 stinkers 
for Antonio yeah. Brown that yeah. we haven't yeah. that have, we haven't seen for the past six years. I think he's still going to be very good. I think he's worth a second round pick for sure. But yeah, that's why he's he's not up there in yeah. the, the first year receivers like he has been. So if you're looking at your 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 roster after the draft, your starting running back is let's say, uh, <laughs> no, uh, let's go David Johnson. <laughs> David Johnson is your starting running back. Antonio Brown's your, your number one receiver. You like that? Love that. I don't. Okay, fair. I like it. I'm not. I, I I would come away feeling like I could have done better, but I like it. Like like I'm like okay, I can deal with. It. Like I've got a I've got a solid running back that I was really really keen on, and my wide receiver is Antonio Brown. Yeah, my first thought would be I have to trade Antonio for a better receiver. You love <laughs> trading, <laughs> and this is why I like drafting in the nine through twelve range more than mm-hmm. the. I hate being seconds at five through seven or eight range. I hate that. But if you get that bottom in there, and then instead of David Johnson, Antonio Brown, you're looking at Michael Thomas, Joe Mixon, or Michael Thomas, Todd Gurley. I'm like, wow, this is much better. Uh, this is this looks way cleaner to me. If I had David Johnson and I had our next guy, I would be like, okay. Uh, <laughs> Who is that? That would be Keenan Allen, number 19, wide receiver number nine. Keenan Allen. Whenever he gets on the field and he's getting those catches, he is phenomenal. He is a mm. phenomenal wide receiver. Him and Phil Rivers have such a good connection. I, I love Keenan Allen when he's – I love – but that's that's the big question for me about Keenan Allen. And you said this earlier, Riley. Me, myself, injuries terrify me. I do my best to – but Keenan Allen's one of those guys that I would absolutely take a risk on as an injurer. Just because he's so player. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 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 a great receiver. I think the concerns with him are similar to what I said about Christian McCaffrey earlier. You know he's going to get the work, he's going to get the targets, and he's going to do great with the targets. But uh, the touchdown upside is a little lower than a, than a lot of the other guys above him. He's had six touchdowns in both of the last two seasons, and he's only been above that once, which was his rookie season. Since then, he's had four, four, six, and six. Especially with Mike Williams taking a lot of the red zone targets now, his touchdown upside is definitely capped. But uh, in terms of catches and yards, he, he's going to be right up there. So um, th- there's there's some small implications with uh, with his team right now with Melvin Gordon, mm-hmm. um, who is actually our next player on the list. And I wanted to kind of talk about both of them for a second. Let's say Melvin Gordon, all of the rumors are true, they're fair. Do you think Melvin Gordon is affected by, uh, or Keenan Allen is affected by Melvin Gordon not lying? Do you move Keenan Allen up or down if, Ken, if Melvin Gordon doesn't play for the first few games, or does it not affect him at all? That moves him up for me. I uh, think that would move him up a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit though, not 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 a huge amount. He wouldn't shoot up to number two wide receiver or anything, but that would move him up for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to bring that up and see what you guys thought. Yeah, I, th- I think he. Uh, I think he's very safe in his role, Melvin Gordon or no Melvin Gordon. And I think they're a good enough team all around to where losing one player won't affect them too much, and all it will do is give him a little more work. Yeah, his offense. That offense is is just a solid offense. The the most consistent quarterback in the NFL. But in, in the, but there's another way that it could hurt him though, because Eckler is more of a pass catching back. That's true. Well, so, Gordon Gordon has always been pretty good pass catcher as well, and I don't think with the receiving threats they have on the outside, they're going to throw it to those guys a lot. Yeah, I don't see it panning out like um, 
And um, Hunter Henry. Yeah, also Hunter Henry coming in, but I also am not a massive Hunter Henry believer. I, I think he'll be good, but not not as good as a lot of oh. people are thinking. Oh, I am. Yeah, yeah, I know. But uh, I think it shakes out if Melvin Gordon doesn't play Justin Jackson gets first crack at starting running back, and I don't mm-hmm. think Austin Eckler's role changes. I think Eckler would not be the workhorse at all. I agree with that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think it would change Keenan Allen at all. I think he's pretty safe as, you know, a low-end wide receiver one, and that's where all of us have him with or without Melvin Gordon. So yeah. how about we talk about Melvin Gordon himself? Yeah, Number real 20. fast, because this is someone that, Kyle, me and you talk about a lot. Like, Yeah, we we've talked him. about him daily. Yeah, because he, he <laughs> I think he's one of the most, he's one of those upper echelon, most talented players in the NFL. In Year in, year out, he's unbelievable. He's on an unbelievably consistent offense, and he is one of the stars. He pushes them into that. And he's he's so good at football. He's so good. He's just all around. He's talented in every aspect. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He's shifty. He's got good hands. He's just unguardable he's not the best at any one of those things but he's really really good at every single one and seeing him this low sucks but this is the one suspension that you're worried about a lot and it's the one suspension that i'm also worried about the most hold on uh, not suspension hold out sorry yeah, yeah sorry hold out yeah it's the holdout that i am uh the one that i'm worried about of the three that we've talked about this one matters because there's so much feelings it makes sense for him to kind of be doing what he's doing it's not perfect it's it doesn't make sense but it makes the most sense i don't know it seems the most plausible he only has one year left in his contract zeke is stuck it's not gonna happen yeah it's scary i I don't i hate this because i was all my mocks i was loving taking him early i was loving it i was taking him every time i was in the mid-round of the middle of the first round i was taking him every single time and so this this sucked yeah, Connor is actually the reason he's even in our top 25. Before any of the controversy happened, I had him actually in the top tier of running backs. I had the top four, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara, McCaffrey, and I had Gordon with them in that top tier. But, you know, the last few couple weeks, it's just all signs point to nothing good to come out of it. So I bumped him all the way down to running back 15 and 33rd overall because it's just not worth the risk for me. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll level with you. I didn't I didn't want to bump him um, because I felt it was important to talk about. Um, okay. Uh, Melvin, like Riley, uh, Riley went on there and said how good he is. Everything Riley said is right. And if by some chance we get Melvin Gordon, then we're going to get another season of a phenomenal player. And and that's why I have him so high. Uh, I have him running back seven. Uh, I that that's. He's the man, uh, like like everything Riley said. He's he's just the man, and uh, I would be comfortable taking him exactly where Riley's been saying right there in the middle of the first round. I'm good mm-hmm. with that because he is an absolute. He's a monster. Yeah, um, I think last season with Le'Veon Bell, the as big of a bust he was. If you get Melvin Gordon as low as he's going now, he'll be just as big of a value and, and, as Le'Veon and, Bell was at bust last year. And with Le'Veon Bell it's in a good last way year. It. That's worried a lot of people. Like every time we hear the word holdout now, we're like, oh, God, not again. Because we all just think, oh, it's going to be the same thing as Le'Veon Bell in some cases. That's what's happening with Melvin Gordon is we we all saw what happened with Le'Veon Bell. So we don't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's now we're, we're not ready to take it. It's definitely recency bias. But there's also this clip of Melvin Gordon from last year where they're talking about the Le'Veon thing. And, I mean, it's just taking it for what it is. But. He says, I would be doing the same thing. 
So that's worried a lot of people as well. And that, I mean, it's not a lot to go on, but it, it does worry me a little bit that, that he had that. Yep. One uh, last thing I wanted to mention was the era that we are in right now, or we're just walking into. We are stepping into the beginning or the end. I don't know, but we're stepping into it hard. The player appreciation era where it's all about the players now, not the teams. In in the past, when not even that long ago, just a few years ago, Isaiah Thomas was traded, and Celtics fans are upset about it, upset at him, you know, and looking at him like that. And it's like, it's a team-ran thing. That's a team thing. Now we are in the era of it's all about the players. When a player makes a decision, when, when he makes a decision that helps him, all fans are on board. And it's really changing the landscape. And when Le'Veon Bell holds out uh, – Five, six years ago, we, everyone would have been so mad at Le'Veon Bell for hurting his team. And he quit on his team, and that's what people would be saying. And now people are like, good job. He got his money. He got what he deserved. Yeah, and so and it's, it's changing. Like you mentioned, we've already seen that transition in the NBA. And NBA the, Le, the Le'Veon Bell holdout seemed like the beginning of the same thing in the NFL. And that's what's scaring me about Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Moving on from the holdout himself, number 21, we've got Dalvin Cook. Another player, guy that has been passed around our Dynasty League. A player who's not on a holdout. <laughs> yeah, not on a holdout. Very good. Good he's, news. He's, on a, he's, he's, got, he's got a knee, though, that is scary. You know, that, that knee, he, he tore his ACL, and then he comes back, and he just didn't look 100% for the first half of the season. But this is another one of those players that if he plays, he's unstoppable. Like, he's really, really good. He's on a good offense, and he's I, yeah, I don't he's know. Great. I don't know if Cook could break into that that top five tier with his. But whenever, whenever he he first got started, absolute world beater. Uh, that's what we all. That's the standard we're all hoping he gets back to. Now he comes back last season, and like Riley said, he just. Um, I think maybe and it's been said uh, by um, Stefania Bell said that she thinks he came back too early. Definitely looked like it if you really watched him, mm-hmm. and I did because I have him. And he's one of the only players, um, one of those only injury-prone players that I'm, I'm, I'm ready to take a risk on because I just want him to get back to that uh, world-beater um, uh, top running back style. Uh, and he showed flashes of it last season, but now, now everybody's um, they're not even focusing on the knee, and everyone's just worried about the, um, the running back behind him, his shadow now. Yeah, I mean, and the appeal for Devin Cook is. He can do it all. He yep. averaged four catches a game last season, 12 carries a game. And that's with him not being 100%, like we said. He didn't look 100%. And he was still uh, you know, putting up or getting the opportunity with 12 carries a game, like four and a half targets. You know, he's going to get 15 touches a game. And uh, we've seen him do a lot with that, those, that amount of touches before. And uh, I, I do think it would take – him getting more touches than that to move up into the top, which is why I don't have him as high yep. uh, as some other people. Because with injury-prone guys, we've seen a lot of tendency of teams recently to lower their usage, which is another reason we were scared. People are scared of Todd, Todd Gurley. Right. But right. interestingly enough, I don't see people as scared about Dalvin Cook. But I think they have a lot of the same, a lot of the same reasons to be scared of them. Like you just said, it's workload. It's all about workload, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the next guy, number 22 on our list, wide receiver number 10, is all about that workload. And it's mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton from the Colts. 
My God. I, I, I don't think I don't, I don't think it's all about that for Kyle. I think Kyle is a uh, believe as it said. I think he's an amazing receiver, and uh, I've talked about this a lot with Riley. I went through all of my stats with him of what made me uh, such a believer. But you remember uh, those stats about uh, Antonio Brown over the last six years? T.Y. Hilton is averaging seventy-six catches, twelve hundred yards, and six touchdowns in 15 games nowhere near Antonio Brown but he's been amazingly consistent uh, over the season and a lot of people see him boomer bust from week to week and don't think he's very consistent but he's been a great receiver for six years and I, I think a lot of people are, are kind of disrespecting him a little bit uh you guys go ahead and talk I gotta find these stats that I had up no, that's fine. I, I am uh I'm a believer in the skill and I'm a definite believer in the team I, I think he's going to be great this year. Like he's a he's he's wide receiver ten for me. I think yeah, he's wide receiver ten for me. So this is not like that. I'm um saying I think he's going to be a wide receiver one. I, it's just as high as I can bring him. I don't see his ceiling being as high as some of the other players above him. And he's he's definitely lost that boomer bust tag that he didn't deserve to have in the first place for me. <laughs> it's still it's hard for me to put him any higher than ten. I, I like him where he is on my list. I'm very happy with ten. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll jump in there and just agree with you. I think that he is um, he didn't deserve that tag. He's such a good player when he's out there. He's healthy. He's on the field. Um, Andrew Luck and him have such good chemistry, which is a thing that needs to be talked about more is chemistry between these mm-hmm. wide receivers and quarterbacks. He, him and Andrew Luck have it. They've got they've got what you know all these guys want. They've got they've got some new um, new talent stepping in uh, at the wide receiver position, uh, and I think it's going to take away from a lot of people on the team that might take away from Mac, might take away from the tight ends, but I don't think it's going to take away from T.Y. Hilton. It's fair. Yeah, so <laughs> last year was the first year in his career that he only had one touchdown of more than 20 yards. Mm-hmm. So over his career, his first season, he had eight touchdowns, six of them 20 or more yards. Second year, five touchdowns, three of them 20 or more yards. Next year, seven touchdowns. Five of them, 20 more yards. The season before last, he had four touchdowns. All four of them were 40 or more yards. And then last season, he only has one touchdown from beyond 20 yards. And he had 17 red zone targets and caught five touchdowns with those targets. And I just think with those tar- with the red zone targets he's been getting and with his tendency to score long touchdowns, I, I can definitely see him getting a touchdown bump and setting a career high for touchdowns this year. And he's always been just one of the best receivers in the league in terms of yardage. And I, I can see him being top five in yards and, you know, getting close to that double-digit touchdown range. And that's that's really what bumped him up is his ceiling is so high this season. I, I like it. I like your arguments for him. Just I don't see him getting any higher. I just I see it. Um, let's hurry up through the next few real fast so we can get this over with. I think we're going a little bit long here. So next up at number 23 is Leonard Fournette who we are definitely weary about. It, it's hard. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. he's, he's tough, and he's going to be tough the rest of his career. That's who he is. Uh, he's an amazingly talented player who has some off-the-field issues. He has some team issues, and he has injury issues. And so that's difficult. If, if you take all that away, sure, you're looking at a perennial top-ten player overall. But with all of that, 
We have him at RB12, uh, 23 overall. And I think that's about where you should be looking at him. I like where we have him. I, I don't feel bad about it at all. It's just, it's hard with a player with so many issues to put him where he deserves talent-wise. Even though I'm all about talent, it's hard for to say it's any, he could be any higher. The thing with him is, even with all the talk about his great talent and if he was able to stay healthy, he could do it, he's not been efficient at all. His yeah. career yards per carry is 3.7. Right. And it's just, he's never been an efficient guy. And I don't know. I just, I just don't know if, if, if he even has the potential to really be that top end guy like we, we've always thought. Connor, you have anything to say? Quick? Uh, with Leonard Fournette, I think, I, I think that you guys nailed pretty much everything. Uh, all, all I will say, uh, he's in a very uh, good and growing, uh, trending upward direction offense. I think things are looking better for him this season than last season, and, and that's all I can say about him. Yeah, that was the that was the one thing I wanted to say real quick before we move on was that Leonard Fournette's efficiency. I have always because I've, I've watched them play, and I've chalked it up to their passing offense being so abysmal, like it's mm-hmm. being so bad that he's going against eight in the box at least every single time. So I, that's how where I've chalked it up to, and that may be wrong of me, but that's just how I see it. Uh, yeah, next I mean. Up, a player that yeah, go ahead. can deny talent with. Uh, someone who is probably more talented than the Tyrese in right um, But the situation is, again, weird. It's, it's one of those things where it's weird to say the Browns are going to be good. It's, it's weird. And Nick Chubb is there, and he's really, really good. And I don't think there's anything bad we can say. His explosiveness is incredible. His hole hitting could be a little bit better, but it's not bad. His shiftiness is incredible. It's just he's he's really really good football player and it's sad to see him right now but there is some risk attached. Cream Hunt will be back in the second half of the season. Yes. He, yeah, I know that's that's something you want to mention. That's all. Go yes. ahead. Throw that over to you. I I think that Kareem Hunt is um, better than Nick Chubb and I, I would rank him higher if I think Kareem Hunt is the better all around back. I think Nick Chubb's your guy that's gonna get you in the end zone. But that's what you want with fantasy football, right? Is you want those touchdowns. So. That's really why I had Nick Chubb on the, the back end of this. And still, this is your top 25. We're only in the second round. This is not bad to gear. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, th- that doesn't uh, make him a bad player being at the back end of 25. He's he, he's a different player now than he was in college. In college, he was – they were saying he's one of the best running prospects we've ever seen. Uh, he gets a few injuries. He's a little less explosive than he was. And even then, he's still – extremely talented and the number one concern with him is just his his work in the receiving game they've got duke johnson you know last year he had 192 carries and only 29 targets so the balance isn't what you want to see from like a potential top 12 top 10 guy uh so that's kind of why he falls out of that top echelon and as you mentioned kareem hunt when he comes back could definitely take some work uh, Duke Johnson's still there. If Duke Johnson gets traded like he's wanted to get traded, uh, I think that helps both of those players. Uh, but for now, uh, I don't think we can ex- expect much out of from the receiving game from Nick Chubb. But he's a great runner, and he's he's going to get a lot of work on the ground at the beginning of the year. And I think he's I think he's a good pick. I wouldn't mind having him on my team. This that brings us to the number twenty five pick, and it makes me very happy that the number 25 pick is also a tight end. And it is, um, now that Gronk's gone, there there was only three. There was only three tight ends that you wanted to be uh, taken in the first, I don't know, two, three rounds. And that was 
that was Kelsey, and that was Gronk, and that was this man. It's Zach Ertz. And uh, he's he's another one of those. Um, you're not going to go wrong with him. You're not going to go wrong with him at all. Yeah, he's he's great. Um, I think all of us are, are big fans of the, the Eagles offense this year. And that, that helps that helps Zach Ertz a lot. Carson Wentz coming back. And Zach Ertz is going to get open. He's going to catch bas- basketballs. I almost said catch basketballs. He's going to catch footballs. <laughs> hey, Carson Wentz might be better at throwing basketballs than he is at throwing footballs, which wouldn't be that big of a difference. Uh, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> That's my one, my one per one per podcast, and it didn't even uh, make sense. <laughs> but yeah, getting getting Zach Ertz around the end of the second, beginning of the third. You know, he he's right in that that tier with George Kittle for a lot of people with tight ends. It, just like I have him right around the same. I actually have both of them in my top twenty-five, uh, right back to back. But I have Zach Ertz ahead. We all agree, Zach Ertz, the value, positional value is unbelievable yeah big fan big big fan of that eagles team uh big big fan i think that uh he's gonna be great you can't go wrong taking him um again i like waiting on tight ends i'm willing to take the uh shot on travis kelsey and i will take the shot on zach Ertz. i'd like to drop a little bit lower but i would still be willing to take the shot he's so good let's uh let's try to get everybody out of here real fast i think we had one last question that i've been so excited about i love these questions so Clay, can you hit us up with another fantastic question? Is it already that time? It's is already that time. time. This question, like. I've been looking forward to it, and I've been looking forward to hearing all of your answers. Three different answers this time. The question is, if the zombie apocalypse were to hit the earth, and for some reason everyone died except NFL quarterbacks, <laughs> <laughs> who would be the lone surviving quarterback who would die first? All right, Connor, do you want to get kicked off real fast? Well, should oh. we go with first death or last survivor first? I think we should go first death and last yeah, survivor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, first death. First okay. death first. And uh, I'll start this off mainly because this guy, he's going to let you down in fantasy football. And he's going <laughs> to let you down in the zombie apocalypse. That's why I take <laughs> Yeah, do not rely on this guy. If, he, if he's the guy around you in the zombie apocalypse, just get out. Like, go. Find someone else. Anyone else. If you see him on the waiver wire, He's going to let you down. And if you see him in the zombie apocalypse, he's going to let you down. That's Andy Dalton. <laughs> the Red Rifle. Maybe he'll have like a, a Little Red Rider BB gun. And then that's what he's going to rely on is like the Red Rifle. He's going to be just like shooting BB guns into it, you know? No, he's going to do it poorly. Yeah, honestly, I like yours the best. The and three. inefficiently also. <laughs> I'll go ahead and throw mine out there. And I think um, – Name value alone, I feel like a lot of people will agree with me. I tried to come up with some clever, like, funny wordplay uh, reasons, but honestly, it's tough because he exists. He lives. He's like a cockroach, so it's hard. But Eli Manning, you just – something inside of you, when you look at his face, you're like, he wouldn't survive. Like, he's just <laughs> – he's not cut out for this. Even though in the NFL, that's what he does. He sticks around, and no one wants him there, but he sticks around. So I'm talking myself out of it. <laughs> but I still put his name down. Like I can't help it. You look at his face, and you're like, "No way, that guy's living." Like he's done. Like as soon as it starts, he's out. Uh, I don't even want to say mine because I I feel sorry about what I'm about to say. No, but, uh, no. <laughs> my first death is, is is Robert Griffin the third, RG three. And why? And you know, at first glance, you might think, "Why would you pick him?" He's he's a great athlete. Uh, he escapes the pocket. Why can't he escape some zombies? 
but there's one crucial point that's going to get him killed. He will be injured immediately. <laughs> oh my he's going <laughs> to he's going to escape one pocket of zombies and then get her on the way back to the safe house and he's going to be done for. And I like RG3. He's very talented, but he just doesn't have the durability to last. You know he might be able to get away from some zombies, but he's going to tear his ACL getting away from some others. Exactly. That's Fair just enough. what it is. All right, let's let's keep the order going. Connor, who's your last survivor? Also, another one that I love. And just well, for these last survivors, I want to say that I think we have a great variety of quarterbacks yes, here. Yes. <laughs> I, I didn't want, with either one of these, I didn't with like the top guys are the worst. I wanted to go with, uh, well, Andy Dalton is the worst, but I wanted to go with, um, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to go with uh, uh, the top guy in another category. That's the smartest quarterback in the NFL, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's got the style, he's got the beard, and he's got the will to live in the zombie apocalypse. Golly. Can he run for president with that catch line? Like, I love that. That really inspired me. Like, I want him as my starting quarterback. I hope I'm, the Miami Dolphins want him as their starting quarterback. Oh, they on, are. On a side note, I'm absolutely gunning for him as a backup in my leagues. Wants yeah, to know deeper Fitzpatrick. Try to snag him. He's going to win that job. No way Josh Rosen's playing. Love He's that much pick. much better than Josh Rosen. Yeah. Uh, my pick for... I should have picked Josh Rosen for my first death. Oh, my God. That would have been. He's smarter than Josh. Change it. He's much better than Josh Rosen. In all aspects. Um, I went a little wild here, and I don't regret it for a second. I oh, I love your explanation for this. Super happy. So, I went Baker Mayfield. And off the bat, I'm sure you're like, yeah, Baker Mayfield. Like, he's insane, right? He's going to be wearing a headband. It's going to be like one of those tie ones. It's going to be like down to his butt, like the big long strings. He's going to have no shirt on. Like Rambo. Like Rambo. Yeah, that's exactly what I was have, thinking. Oh, who do you think I'm modeling this after? He's going to have, uh, have you watched uh, Thor Ragnarok? You yeah. Know, the, yeah, he's got the two guns. That's going to be him running around two like big M16s, one in each hand, and he is just going to be lighting it up. And it's just going to be terrifying, and it's going to be awe-inspiring, and it's just going to be awesome watching him. So uh, I picked him as my last survivor. Probably should have picked him as my most interesting. It's just, you know, just most fun. Because <laughs> he's, he's a, a gunslinger on the field. He's a gunslinger. Yeah, he's a gunslinger. <laughs> yeah, if I could watch anyone in the NFL, like, just be in a setting like that in, like, a – uh, just a gun setting. Oh, it would just be so much fun to watch Baker Mayfield. You know he's so trigger happy. He from would now be- on, I will refer to him as Baker Rambo Mayfield. Baker Rambo Mayfield. Writing it down. A theme of the, this episode is me going for the boring picks. So I once again <laughs> went for the most boring pick. My last survivor, Drew Brees. I, I was thinking about last survivor. My first thought was uh, maybe someone like Lamar Jackson, someone who's who's going to be hard to catch. But the more I thought about it, the more I wanted a true general, a field general, a smart veteran who's just going to control the playing field. And he's going to he's just going to be on top like he always has been. He's going to manipulate everyone on his side and the other side to keep himself safe. That's right. Because Drew, Drew Brees motto is always on top. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clay, uh, is there any way you could uh, deem a winner here? Well, for both, one for each. What if I were to tell you that I'm going to give you my opinions? Yes. I would love to even even better, much better. And and my th- my theory here is the first death would be Russell Wilson, <laughs> okay. just because 
you look at him, you look at his haircut, you look at his body. He's the guy that doesn't take risks. He doesn't even leave the house. The zombies are in the in the house and he's staying. I think I'll just stay here, everybody. That sort of thing. <laughs> and the last survivor, Tom Brady. And let me tell you why. I think he might be immune to the zombie virus. <laughs> that's why he's, he's, like, that's why he's, he's on the T B twelve. That's why he's been that's why he's been swapping saliva with everybody he gets in contact with. <laughs> he's getting his immune system ready. Oh my god. Oh. So so Tom Brady is just immune to the zombie virus. I yes. think he might be immune to every every virus. He's every, basically immortal. Every that's, defense. That's what I'm trying too. to say. Every, every, <laughs> the key to immortality is the TB12 method. That's true. That's true. That's true. That was such a good ending. Well, I, think that, I think that wraps it up, Clay. Yeah, Clay, you want to you bring us out? I think the fantasy formula will be back. <laughs> <laughs>